Um, hi guys, this is John Stapleton. Uh, we are ending our series in Jude called Hell and Heretics, or Heretics and Hell, I forgot which one. Uh, boy, I'm tired. Uh, but let's, let's go. We're going to read the last part of the book of Jude. And then tomorrow we will be back in the Gospel of Matthew. Hooray. Uh, so we're going to cover verses 16 through 25. It says this, But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. Okay. So basically, uh, I look at these people like this. Um, there are people like John Calvin and there are people like uh, Ar um, Jacobus Arminian. Now, again, I, I do believe that they have the Spirit of Christ, but um, I, I really hate it how people divide into separate divisions saying, oh, I'm an Arminian, or oh, I'm a Calvinist, okay? Uh, and, and so uh, the church is, 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 is divided unnecessarily. There are first issues of great importance that we must, yeah, we must uh, hold that as is, is doctrinal truth, and anyone who stands against it would be a heretic. We, we totally get that. But if you're someone who will divide over a secondary issue, uh, you're being unnecessarily divisive, and consequently you're, you're these men, these, these scoffers, who follow their own desires and who divide you, who, who divide the church. And for the record, you don't have the Spirit of God. You're not a Christian. Okay? The, the body, it's kind of like this. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, that the body, the, the church is like one body. And you know how the body is, like for example, you're looking at one right now. Um, all parts of me are connected, okay? But if uh, my left arm decides to cut off my right arm, uh, or my, 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 my left hand decides to cut off my right arm, uh, that's, that's a problem, okay? That's a problem, that could be fatal. And so, Quite easily, the whole the body of Christ is about coming together. And if you're someone who loves division, loves unnecessarily fighting and arguments, uh, you don't have the Spirit of God, I'm sorry. You don't belong in the church. If your intent is to come there, divide people up unnecessarily, and make enemies out of friends, and foes out of family, then you don't belong in the church. You just don't. 20. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. You have to build yourself up in the faith. You have to grow in your faith. You have to grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. You have to grow in the way that you live. You have to grow in your Christian walk. That's what that means. That's what that means. Grow and pray in the Spirit. Here's the thing. You don't pray to Mary. You don't pray to Allah. You don't pray to anyone else except Jesus and His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Acts 16 verse 7, it says that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're praying to Jesus. And might I add that when you pray, um, you have to have faith that God hears you. 
You have to have faith that God hears you, God listens to you, God will grant what you say, if indeed it is by the word of God. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. See, here's the thing. People tell me all the time, the Christian life is so hard. It's, it is. Let me just tell you now, um, that it is hard. I'm not going to treat you like kids. It is hard, okay? Some people actually have it easier. They're martyrs. They get to go to heaven sooner than you do. Those of you who would live longer than they. Now again, I don't wish to be a martyr. I would take the long um, life sentence uh, here on earth, okay? Um, but the Christian life is hard. You have to have faith. You have to fight against evil. You have to endure evil. You have to, um, you have to go through suffering. You have to go through pain. You have to go through tears. You have to go through mockery. You have to go through everything that Jesus went through. You'll be scorned, you'll be laughed at, you'll be mocked. The Christian life is not one. The Christian walk is not a cakewalk at all. I've been living it since I could breathe. It's not a cakewalk. But here's the thing. If you live on this world, you will have trouble. It's inevitable. The question is, who we are you willing to go through the trouble for? Is it yourself? Is it God, your creator? Is it yourself? Or is it someone who loves you? Is it someone else who maybe does love you but can't love you more than God? Who are you going to go to the trouble for? That's a good question. Be merciful to those who doubt. This is a good one. Uh, there's someone really dear to my heart. Um, that doubts. I show mercy to her. I show mercy. I love her. I show mercy. I'm not going to treat the Bible like a billy club and in Christianity like a gang fight. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be merciful to those who doubt. And there are others who doubt too. There are close friends who doubt. There are close friends who've backslidden. There's close friends who've totally left God. And I'm not going to be hard on those people. I'm not going to be a religious st uh, 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 prick and say, you know, you do this. You know, you, you, you're going to hell if you don't... I'm not going to do that. I'm not. It's, it's unbiblical. Jesus wouldn't do that. You have mercy on those who doubt. And that goes for Christians and unbelievers. Now, as for the unbelievers who doubt and they want to make you doubt, uh, feel free to take a jab at them, okay? If they start a fight with you, finish it. Again, when I say fight, I mean argument. 23. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To those 
Uh, to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clo clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Here's what he's saying. Hang around sinners, okay? Um, you're the one that sees the truth, and they need to see the truth. It, it, it is a waste of time always spending your life with other Christians, and, and you just go around and you're a Christian circle, and you talk Christianese all the time. That is a waste of time, a waste of breath, a waste of the life that God has given you to live as a missionary foreigner in this world, in this pagan lost world who does not have the light except you. But if you cover that light by hanging around with only Christians, then you are not doing your job, you are slacking off. Richard Rumbren said it clearly, the West sleeps, okay? Uh, the West is known as the Christian world, okay? And so we sleep when it comes to matters such as persecution in Russia and China and, and, and Africa and all these other countries. We sleep, we don't want to see reality. We just totally uh, crawl back in our circle and we ignore the rest of the world. We ignore our Christians and brothers in other countries and we spit on those who do not share our faith, those who are weird. Those who are celebrities, we mock them, we jeer at them, we show no love towards them, and that's wrong. That's wrong. We're supposed to hang around these people, be an influence, be a good influence on their life without taking part in their sin. There's a way to do that. I do that all the time. Jesus did it all the time. It's a lifestyle. I don't see how anyone can be a secret Christian. It doesn't exist. Uh, in other parts of the world, uh, in other parts of the Bible, I think when it talked about um, requirements on becoming um, a pastor or of, of, of sorts, uh, it said that um, not just Christians should speak well of you, it should also be those who are outside of the church. You need to have a good. You need to make a good impression on not just your church people, because again, they love anyone that has went to Awana and has done all the verses and is just as religious as they are. Those who are outside of the church, if if they can put in a good word for you, and those inside the church can put in a good word for you, a balanced testimony from all sides. Um, the, the Christians you see on Sundays and the rest of the world you see on the rest of the week, if they can truly put in a good word for you and say, well, you know what, this person actually lives it out Monday through Sunday. If they can say that, you're in. You're, you've made a great impression on, on both Christians and non-Christians. You, you, have, you have proved yourself true. 24. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Okay, what I just read to you is called the doxology. Doxology comes from two Greek word, roots. Doxa means glory. And ology means the study of. So the study of glory, the topic of glory, the, 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 the you know, the, a song dedicated to God's glory. 
And so, again, we often look at what Satan has done. And here's the thing. What I like about this book is it, it starts off uh, talking about what heretical people do, and then it ends with telling us what God is like and what God does. It doesn't just end on doom and gloom. So let's look at it. To him who is able to keep you from falling. Isn't that wonderful? Some of you wonder, some of you Christians wonder, have I fallen away from God? Am I out of his, has God rejected me basically? It's not the question, have you fallen away? Because you know if you've fallen away. The question is, has God rejected me? Has God threw me away? Has God said good riddance? The question is no. The Bible says in Ezekiel 33, I think it's verse 10, that he wants no one to die. He doesn't even like it when the wicked perish. He doesn't, he doesn't rejoice over that. Instead, in Luke 15, it talks about how there's a great party in heaven when one sinner comes to repentance. And furthermore, even a Christian, God doesn't reject you. He's right now keeping you from falling. And to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Philippians 1.6 says that he who began a good work in you, that sanctification, becoming more and more like God, will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ, which means when you die, and you stand before God, you give an account for your life, and God sends you to heaven, you will have so much great joy. And think of the greatest pleasure you can have in this world. It is nothing, nothing, nothing compared to heaven. Okay? You have so much joy in heaven, you can't even describe it. And you'll be without fault. You'll be sinless. You'll be glorified. That's the theological term for you will be finally without sin. You will be just like God in His holiness. To the only, uh, to the only God, our Savior, be glory. Glory, splendor, power. Majesty. Again, think of a kingdom. Think of our theme for right now. The, the king, the revealed king, and the regenerate kingdom. That's what this verse is talking about. Power. God is sovereign. He rules over everything. And authority. Again, God has given some of his authority to us. First, the Bible is our authority. The Bible is what we go to when we want answers for our life. And God has all authority, which means even the evil you see in this world, God will stop it. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, he's eternal. Now and forevermore, again, eternity past, eternity future. Amen. Which means this is true. This is unmistakably true. This is... This is powerful. This is life-changing. This is, this is undeniable, unrefutable. This is true. And that's the book of Jude, guys. So thanks for listening, and uh, tomorrow we will be back in Matthew. See you later. Bye.